following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Amen. If you would go ahead and take those buckets and pass them on down, the ushers will be there in just a second to get them from you. Amen. Big Sunday, April 2nd. Don't forget about uh, moving your clocks ahead of time. And I want to remind you the growth track is right after this service. So if you've not um, yet gone through the growth track, today is step one. Is that not awesome? Today is the first day that you kind of get to go through our process of discipling. And I want to really encourage you to do that. Hey, let's stand up. We want to make some declarations over our life before we dive into the teaching today. We believe the tongue has the power of life and death. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. But but I, I hope you're recognizing that more and more and really understanding the importance of speaking life over yourself, over other people. And all of these things that are up here are really just principles condensed from the Word of God. And so we want to make these as declarations over our lives. So let's declare these together. God is who He says He is. God will do what He says He will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's Word is truth. God's Word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Amen? Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Today I want to finish the series, Faith Is. That means next week we will not be able to clap with the intro song. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I know. But we'll have something new for you. But I want to finish it today. And I, I want us to, to kind of really understand that while faith is a noun, it's something that we have, something that we possess. It's also a verb. We, we operate in the, when we operate in the noun, the verb of faith begins to show up. And it's really important that we understand as children of God that God is calling us to live a life of faith. That that's what we're called to do. That's what God wants us operating in is a life of faith. To understand that we live by faith, we, we fight the good fight of faith, and we walk out our faith in our lives. That faith is not something that we just kind of hear about, hear a little bit about on Sunday And we kind of go, okay, it's about faith. And now let me go live really my real life. What God wants us to do is operating in faith on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He wants us operating in faith in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. He wants us to operate in faith at breakfast time, at lunch time, second lunch time, third lunch time, at dinner time, whatever time it is. He wants us to operate in faith all the time. Now, the thing about this series is that we've been talking more about how to fish than actually giving you fish to eat. And what I mean by that is sometimes we teach some principles and they're, they're kind of things that you can learn about your marriage or about, about giving and different things like that, that there's you know, five things that you can do or seven things that you can do. But living the life of faith is something that happens in the moment, every moment, every day. In the moment, you have to make a decision if I'm going to live a life of faith or not. And so what we've been praying is that you'll really come to this revelation and understanding about walking in the life of faith, where we can choose to live by faith in God and in his word. We're not living by faith in our ability, in, in the economy or any other thing. We're living it in God and in his word. And what we want to begin to do is believe that when we pray, we actually have received the thing that we're praying for before we see tangible evidence of the thing showing up in our lives. 
Because see, that's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for before the evidence of the thing is seen. Before I see it, I choose to believe that I actually have it. In, in fact, there's a verse in Hebrews 11 that I love. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, what I want to ask you to do is throw away from your mind right now condemnation related to that scripture. For those of you that think, well, sometimes I'm not operating in faith, and so when that happens, God's not pleased with me, he's disappointed with me, and he's angry with me. That's not what the writer is trying to help us understand. What the writer is helping us to understand is that God lives in the realm of faith. And when we operate by faith, it pleases God. Because that's how God responds. It means that right now as you're here today listening to this message, if you have faith in God, God is actually zeroing in on you today. That he wants to do something extraordinary in your life. He's attentive to what it is that you're believing him for. And faith is attractive to God. Because God lives in the realm of faith. Faith is, is the thing that actually gets God's attention. Let me say that again. Faith is the thing that actually gets God's attention. We think it's need. If I have a need, that's what gets God's attention. No, it's faith. It's our faith, not our need. Now, last week I mentioned the heroes of faith that are found in Hebrews chapter 11, the, the faith hall of fame or the hall of faith. And God's word mentions several men and women there that are listed there who lived by faith and saw God do extraordinary things in their life. Now, what we have a tendency to think is that that's the Bible and that's kind of ended. God's not actually doing that today. But listen, the book of Acts is about the early church and there are 28 chapters in the Bible. Today, you and I are living in Acts 29. The same things that God did in Acts, God wants to be doing today. He wants you walking by someone that says, hey, can I get some money from you? And you say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed today. God wants us operating in a revelation of things happening right now in our lives. One of the events that's mentioned in that chapter is when the children of Israel defeated the, 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 the city of Jericho. And, and I love that story. Y'all remember as a kid, if you went to Sunday school, man, it's one of the top five, five stories that you heard all the time about how the children of Israel would have to get up early in the morning, right? And they had to go out and they had to march around the city. They couldn't say anything. For some of you, that would be faith alone just to be able to do that. I don't know if I could talk the whole time. Get up one time, went to it back and went to bed. Got up the next morning, went out and marched around the city seven days. How many of you would know that some people were thinking that Moses had lost it, or Joshua had lost it, right? They were thinking, yeah, Moses is dead, but they were thinking that Joshua had lost it, right? On the seventh day, they're finally going to get to say something. In fact, here's what Joshua said to the people in Joshua 6. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now, I want you to understand, the walls had not yet fallen down, all right? But he tells them to shout, for the Lord has given you the city. How many of you know that that's faith? What's easy for us to say is, I'll shout once the walls fall down, right? 
And that's how we want to live as Christians. I'll, I'll believe when I see it. I'll have faith when I see it. Listen, if you have to have faith when you see it, it's no longer faith. It's just looking at something that's happened. Faith is the substance of things hoped for before the evidence of the thing is seen. Are y'all beginning to understand that you may not understand how it's going to work out? You may not even be able to see it in your spiritual eyes. But simply because the word of God promises it, you say, I believe that. I make a choice to believe the promise. So it's, it's easy for us to say, well, I'll shout once the walls fall down. Or it's easy for us to say, well, yeah, that's for the children of Israel. Right? That was for Joshua. God will do it for Joshua. He'll do it for David. He'll do it for Gideon, all the heroes of faith. But I'm just Richie. I'm just James. I'm just Bob. I'm just Julie. I'm just Sarah. God can't really do it through me. But the Bible says that if you're a believer, how many believers do we have here today? If you're a believer in Christ, then you have the same spirit of faith that they did. And I hope you can see this today, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you're there, verse 13, it says, and since we have, notice it's that we have, we're not trying to have, we're not going to one day have, we're not hoping to have, since we have that same spirit of faith that, that Moses had, that Joshua had, that David had, that all the hall of faith people had, say, I have it. Since we have that same spirit of faith, and notice that faith is not a formula. It's not five things that you've got to do. It's a spirit of faith, and spirits are contagious. In fact, today before the service, Pam was praying with the worship team, and I stepped up there, and she started talking about this issue about how contagious spirits are. Have you ever been around a negative Nelly? My apologies to any Nellies that might be here today. But been around a real negative Nelly that everything that they do, it's just doom, despair, and agony on me. Whoa, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. Yeah, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Doom, despair, and agony on me. You ever been around those people? It's so contagious. I mean, you kind of walk out sometimes and you go, Ugh. But have you ever been around somebody that has a real positive spirit? They're just filled with faith. Man, you can go, man, I like that person. I don't know what it is about that. Spirits are contagious. When you have a spirit of faith, it begins to rise up in you, and it affects everyone that you come in contact with. In fact, it's one of the things that I love is I love to be around a people, being around people that have a spirit of faith. Because, man, it just becomes contagious in me. And so it says, and since we have that same spirit of faith, according to what is written. Now, now Paul is quoting King David from Psalms 116. He says this. David said this. I believed, and therefore I spoke. What we can see is that the, what I'm about ready to talk about, it's an old covenant and a new covenant principle. Because Paul goes on to say, we also believe, and therefore speak. Listen, we don't want to have faith as some theory, some doctrine that doesn't really apply to our life. We want faith to be operational in our lives. That the things that I'm talking about, God doing the extraordinary on your ordinary, God doing the supernatural on your natural is just a part of our everyday life. And just so you know, it's happening at some level now already. But we want that happening. In fact, when Jesus died on the cross, there was a divine exchange. Jesus took our sins and gave us his righteousness. And, now, and how did we receive that divine exchange? By faith. 
In fact, you may have cried and bawled and squalled, but listen, your bawling didn't do anything to get you right with God. You may have felt no emotion whatsoever, and it doesn't matter because it's by faith. In fact, the greatest blessing that you and I can receive from God is salvation. The forgiveness of all of our sins to become righteous, to be put in right standing with God because of Jesus. Amen? And how do you receive the greatest blessing that could ever be received? By faith. Believing and speaking. In fact, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, right where you're seated today, you can begin to open up your heart to God. And you can say, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. And I receive him today as my Lord and Savior. In that moment, you are instantly and completely saved. Is that in the Bible, Richie? Yeah, let me show you it in Romans 10. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. Verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that word saved is my favorite Greek word, sozo. It means to save from hell. It means to deliver. It means to protect. It means to provide for. It's an all-encompassing salvation. Verse 10, now watch believe and, and therefore we speak in this verse. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, believe, and with the mouth speak confession is made unto salvation and if that's what we do to receive the greatest blessing doesn't it make sense that that's what we would do to receive the lesser blessings of healing and financial breakthrough in our lives so once again we see the spirit of faith is i believe and therefore i speak And we have the same spirit of faith that all the heroes of faith that you read about in the Bible, that you go, wow, that's extraordinary. How did that happen? We have the same spirit of faith. And the way that we exercise and develop that same spirit of faith is very simple. We believe and then we speak. We believe and then we speak. Believe and speak what? God's promises. Listen, you don't just get to make stuff up, all right? You don't just get to say whatever. You got to stand on God's promises. When you find a promise in God's word, make a choice to believe it. See, what happens is that God says, I will supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And so what we do is we take that verse and we're praying for something specific. And when that doesn't happen, we don't believe the verse. God didn't say that he was going to do X for you. He said he's going to provide everything that you need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So if God closes a door for me here, I know that he's going to open up a door somewhere else because this is what his promise is. But it doesn't happen the way that we want it to or in the timing that we want it to, so we doubt the promise. We give up on the promise. God, I don't don't really believe the promises because look at what happened in the past or look what didn't happen in the past. Simply speak and believe the promises. We make a choice to believe it. Well, I don't feel like I believe it. Your feelings have absolutely nothing to do with it. You simply make a choice to believe it. See, you're being driven by something. You're even being driven by faith or you're being driven by feelings. And when we let our feelings go, it's the emotion of the moment. How many of you know your emotions can get a little out of whack? Maybe not you, but somebody you're sitting close to tonight, today, their emotions can get a little out of whack sometimes. And we see it in other people, but we often don't see it in ourselves. Well, I don't feel like it. Don't let your feelings decide what it is you're going to believe. 
Hope you, man, I hope you get that out of this faith series. Man, do not let how you feel decide what it is you're going to believe. Make a choice to believe it. Make a choice to believe God's promises. God, I don't understand this. I'm not sure my finite mind can wrap my mind around an infinite God. But God, I believe what your word says. I believe what your promise says. See, when we look at the word of God, how many of you know the word of God is the word of God? God's word. God's not a man that he should lie. The Bible says that all scripture is God-breathed. It's for you and I today. It's alive. It's not like a tale of two cities or, or some of the other great literature. It's active and alive today. It begins to change our hearts and lives so that when the word of God gets on the inside of me, and suddenly I believe that by his stripes I'm healed, and now all of a sudden a, a sickness comes into my, my body, and I'm just kind of challenged, oh, do, do I believe in a healing God? The word of God stands up and says, by his stripes you were healed. It's active and alive today. We believe, therefore we receive. Make a choice to believe it. Locate a promise in God's word and then speak that promise over your life, over your situation, over your kids, over everything that you're walking and going through. There's power in your words. Man, I hope you understand that. If you've been here for a while, I hope you know that by now. There is power in your words. Proverbs 10, 20, or 18, 21 says that the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Your words have creative power. Listen, everyone in your home, when you get into, walk into the living room, can be confessing the wrong thing, speaking the wrong thing, and there can be death just hanging around in the room. But you can come in in a moment and start speaking words of life and literally change the atmosphere of the room. You can change the atmosphere of your workplace. So, you know what, we as Christians, we go, oh, I hate where I work. Start speaking life over everywhere you work. Start speaking life over your employees, that employee that drives you nuts. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all know that employee that, man, they're just always so negative and so down and so cutting and all that stuff. You need to start speaking life over them. Speak life. Listen, today, do you need healing in your body? You need healing in your emotions. You need healing in a relationship. I'm about ready to share some scriptures with you, so you might want to write these down so that you can stand upon these promises. Exodus 15, 26, God said, I am the Lord who heals you. 1 Peter 2, 24, he who himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might... That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. In other words, we became qualified because of the righteousness of God. We became qualified for this promise right here. By whose stripes you were healed. Now the the question is, are you going to believe your past? Are you going to believe your current situation? Or are you going to believe what the word of God says? You're either living a life of fear or you're living a life of faith. You're either living a life of feeling or you're living a life of faith. You need financial breakthrough in your life. Anybody? Yeah. All right. Proverbs 10.22 says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Yeah. Philippians 4.19, when I said earlier, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Powerful verses for you to stand on. Yeah. Let me give you one for both. 3 John 1. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions are prospering. In all things. All means all things. So since we have that same spirit of faith that Abraham, that Joshua had, that Peter, Paul, and Mary had, 
You have to be a little bit older to get that one. Some of you are smiling. You don't want to laugh because you know what I'm talking about. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we believe and therefore we we speak. If you want to know what you believe, listen to what it is that you're speaking. Because you're speaking out all the time what it is that you believe. And if you recognize that what you believe doesn't line up with the word of God and you want to change that, which by the way, you actually have to want to change that. Sometimes we have spoken negatively for so long, we don't even know that we're speaking negative anymore. I I come in contact with people in this church all the time. And the moment you start talking about their family, their job, their health, something, it's, oh, it's just bad. It's just, oh, it's horrible. It's bad. It's horrible. It's bad. And I'm like, man, can you hear what you're saying? The reason why it's so bad is because you keep saying it's bad. You need to start speaking life over that. But you got to know that you're actually speaking wrong things. In fact, if you want to actually fix this issue, let me give you a little tool that can help you. Invite somebody into your life to tell you every time you're being negative. Ooh, yeah. Listen, and if you do, don't get mad when they tell you. Right? I'm not being negative. I'm just being real. Well, you're being really negative right then, right? But invite them into your life. Just say, hey, watch my words. Check it out what I'm saying. If I'm saying things that aren't right, man, help me. Because I'm telling you, you're going to start walking in a whole new level of faith if you'll do that. So invite them in. But you've got to want to change it. And if you want to change it, start speaking God's word over your life instead of how you feel in the moment about your circumstances and situations. Listen, our emotions were given to us by God, and they're wonderful. They are. It's wonderful to feel things and have, have emotions of love and experience joy and all these incredible emotions. But if we're not careful, we can be driven by those things. And we can, in the moment of frustration, speak out frustration and just continue to perpetuate a very frustrating situation. Or we can choose to speak life over it. Now listen, this is much easier to understand than it is to actually put into practice. Because we can sit in here and go, oh yeah, yeah, I get that, yeah, I get that. Negative things, right? But the way that you exercise and develop that same spirit of faith is believe and then you speak. God, I choose to believe the promise. I'm going to speak the promise over my, my life. You know what I'd love to see over us as a church is that we become the most spiritually fit people in the world. That we're like able to run spiritual triathlons. I don't know what that would be. I'm going to pray for 24 hours and read the Bible for 24 hours and then fast for 24 days. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Where do I sign up, Pastor Richie? Right? But that we just become very spiritually fit. That once the enemy is coming in to bring damage into our life, we immediately recognize it because we're so spiritually strong. But what we do is we wait until our world is falling apart and then we try to get spiritually strong. It's hard to get strong when you're dealing with the emotions of all the things that are going wrong in your life. But if you'll take the time ahead of time, it's like waking up in the middle of the night and hearing someone break into your house and reaching under the bed and thinking, man, I better do, work out a little bit here so I can go whoop up on this person that's breaking into my house. It doesn't work like that. We need to be prepared ahead of time. We want to we wanna practice. We want to exercise and develop. We believe, therefore, we speak. What we are speaking, again, tells us what we're placing our faith in. That's one of the greatest indicators of where our faith level is by what we're speaking. And again, I want you to encourage you, I want to encourage you, be patient with yourself. 
all right? Be patient. Listen, it's a process. What you're going to find is that when you finally begin to understand this, you're going to do it, but it's going to take you about five days or so. I don't know what it is, but it's going to take you a while before you kind of go, okay, I'm saying all the wrong things over my life. I need to stop doing that right now. You start doing it, it'll reduce to three days. It'll reduce to one day. It'll reduce to about five hours. It'll reduce to three hours. It'll reduce to an hour. And before you know it, it's going to happen, and you're immediately going to go, whoa, okay, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because you've exercised and you develop your faith. You're now strong in the faith. You seen this? So where do we place our faith? In Jesus. We place our faith in God. In fact, Jesus said this in Mark 11. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now you could translate, translate this from the Greek as have the faith of God. So what this verse is saying is that God wants us to have a God kind of faith. What kind of faith is that? It's the same we saw in 2 Corinthians 4. We believe and therefore we speak. Are you seeing this? Yeah, but that's Jesus. Man, I couldn't do that, right? Well, I want to check out, I want you to check out this promise that, that Jesus said about us, about things that you and I, his, his followers would do. John 14 says this, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, notice that it's a belief in Jesus, belief in what? Belief in his goodness, belief in his promises, belief in his love, belief in his desire to do good towards us, belief in the fact that he actually is love, not that he just loves, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Because when Jesus left, he sent us the Holy Spirit who now lives in us, the spirit of truth that empowers you and I to understand the promises of God, stand on the promises of God, speak the promises of God, and watch the promises of God show up in our life. How do we do that? With this God kind of faith. That's why we have to exercise and develop that God kind of faith. Pastor Richie, I don't have time for that. Listen, if you don't have time for this, you don't have time to walk in the supernatural realm that God wants you to walk in. Let me say that again because I don't know if some of you heard that. If you don't have time for that, you don't have time to walk in the supernatural realm that God wants you to walk in. My wife and I, we've been exercising fairly consistently since about... Um, August of last year and one of the things I recognized and said all the time I don't have time to do it how many of you know you're pretty busy got a lot of things going on well what I begin to recognize is this body as awesome as it is is the only thing that I've got to carry me through this life I'd better pay attention to it amen I better I better prioritize my time to make sure that this body stays at least in decent shape and what I want to do is I want to grow in this and I am growing in it till eventually I'm going to get in really good shape not so that I can look hot or look impressive. In fact, the thing that I'm focused on, honestly, is I want to be healthy, period. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about losing weight. I'm not worried about the way you think I look or whatever, though those are perks for it. I just want to be healthy, so I want to exercise. I want to start eating right. Let me say that again to remind myself. I want to start eating right. Because a lot of times I don't want to eat right, right? You see those ribs and, oh, man. Anyway, so forgot where I was at. I want to exercise and develop my body. Listen, shouldn't we want to exercise and develop our faith man? The thing that's going to matter for eternity. The thing that's going to matter for you and I walking in the abundant life now. 
And again, listen, don't beat yourself up if you're not ready to go work out spiritually for two hours. Start with five minutes. Get up in the morning, read a quick devotion, stand on the promise, declare the promise over your life. So we've got to develop this God kind of faith. Well, then in the next verse, Mark 11, he tells us how to do that. Check it out. Verse 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, now a mountain represents any obstacle in your life. How many of you got some mountains that you're dealing with right now? There's some, some roadblocks in your life right now. We, you know, listen, we spend way too much time talking to Jesus about our mountains. We need to start talking to our mountains about how big Jesus actually is. Listen, God has given you an authority as a child of the king. He's expecting you and I to establish the authority that he's given us. He wants us to walk in it. So he says, to whoever says, be removed and be cast into the sea, talking about a mountain in your life, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. It's the same principle that we saw in 2 Corinthians 4. We believe, then we speak. This is how we exercise and develop our faith. And you want to know the awesome thing about this is, is you don't have to just carve time out of your schedule for this to happen you can do this on the way to work getting home from work you can do this in the middle of a, the you getting called into the principal's office if you're in school or you getting called into your boss's office because how many of you know sometimes it feels the same right the moment you get called in there you can start declaring the promises of God over your life you can exercise your faith right then and there we believe therefore we speak how did God exercise his faith let me show you. Did he say, let there be light, and then climb off his throne and get out his light-making toolbox? And then go to work creating light? No, he spoke. He spoke. Our, our doing things can be the response of faith, but we can't be doing things to try to get faith to operate in our lives. Boy, I hope you understand that because it's, it's, it may sound like it's an issue of semantics, but the order is important. If you understand that your responsibility is to believe and speak the promises of God, then you can get up and you can start walking out the promises of God. So if you're dealing with a health issue, you can believe, by his stripes, I am healed. And then you can get up and you can change your diet. You can change some exercise program. Boy, I'm really picking on y'all today about working out, aren't I? You can change some things about you. You can declare over your marriage, God, I thank you that I have a wonderful marriage. And then you can work on your patience. You can learn how to be a little bit kinder and a little bit more gentle. Learn how to say things correctly. And just so you know, you may be saying it correctly, but if it's not being received correctly, it does not matter. You need to change the way that you're saying it. I'm preaching to myself right now. Y'all can just listen in on this one. You need to change it. So the, the order is important. We believe, therefore we speak, and we walk out what God is doing. We don't try to do all of these things so that the thing is going to show up in our life. It's believing and speaking. See, we want to perform in order to see miracles happen. But God, the God kind of faith is believing and speaking. Do you know who you are as a child of God? Do you, do you really know who you are? Listen to these verses because I want you to really understand who you are today. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. It says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. It means even though you and I are living in the natural flesh right now, because we're hidden in Christ Jesus, you and I are seated in Christ right now. All right? Look at this next one, 1 Peter 2. But you are a chosen generation, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. These two verses are telling us that we are seated with Christ on his throne. You and I today, we're seated on a throne. Now, do you understand what it means to be royalty? It means you get privileges that other people don't get. We're seated with God on his throne. We are king priests. So God has placed us in an authority to rule and to reign in this life. God never called you and I to be the tail. He called us to be the head. And when we recognize that we're hidden in Christ, we are actually reigning with Christ today. So we believe, therefore we speak. How many of you know that the word of the king is the word that is a word of authority? And when the king says something, it begins to happen. By the way, how many times did Jesus say, believe and speak in Mark 11? Here's what it says in Mark 11, verse 23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says, catch this, check this out. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things that he sa- says, he will have whatever he says. Three times he says, says. Only one time does he say, believe. Can you see that Jesus is emphasizing the importance of saying? He puts the emphasis on saying. Why is that? Because the more you say, the more that you'll believe. You start saying the promises of God, eventually you're going to believe the promises of God. You keep declaring them over your life, eventually you're going to start believing them. You believe what you believe today because you've heard something enough. Whether it was somebody else taught it to you, you said it over yourself, but the more you say, the more that you'll believe. Now some people want to say, well, I believe it in my heart and I don't even actually need to say it. Listen, that's not how it works. The spirit of faith is believing and speaking. And the enemy wants you to be quiet because he does not want you to walk in all that God has for you. Let me show you it again in Romans 10, 10 again. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Our speaking is actually a form of prayer. Let me say that again. Our speaking is actually a form of prayer. Speaking and prayer go together because right after this verse in Mark 11 where Jesus says, believe and speak and it will happen, he says this, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now watch this because again, speaking and prayer go together. And let me paraphrase this the way the Greek would really want us to understand it. Whatever things you ask when you pray, healing, you need emotional healing today? You need physical healing today. You need relationship healing today. Provision. You need a financial breakthrough in your life. You need a job or a a career instead of just a job. You need deliverance from a bad habit. Something that's held you in bondage for a long time. You need something from God today. You need something from God today. If you need something from God today, whatever things you ask when you pray, be believing that you are receiving and you will have them. So when you pray, always be believing that you are receiving. So what we see is our prayer doesn't always have to be a request. In fact, that's what we do most of the time. We go to God with requests. Sometimes our prayer needs to be a declaration. Lord, I thank you that I'm the head and not the tail. 
God, I thank you that I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the country. I'm just telling you the word of God today. God, I'm thanking you that I am more than a conqueror today. God, I'm thanking you that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. God, I'm thanking you today that by your wounds, by your stripes, I have been healed today. We believe and therefore we speak since we have that same spirit of faith. But the moment you begin to do this, here's what the devil's going to do. He's going to come to you and tell you speaking alone isn't enough. You've got to do something. It's not working in your life because it didn't happen instantly. You've got to do something. Or, you know what, you need to get your act together first and then you can do this. Boy, if you'll just, you know, stop having those fearful issues in your life. If you'll stop having the anger issues, if you'll stop having those lustful thoughts, if you'll stop being bound up by this, this anxiety about things going on, then you'll be able to do something. Listen, that's not true. The, the Bible says that we believe, therefore we speak. Because the devil is so afraid of you beginning to operate in faith. That's why he's trying to make you sleepy right now. Y'all just thought it was that big breakfast that you had. You're thinking, man, my, my Red Bull's gone. It's done, man. It ended about five minutes ago. That's why he's trying, he's trying to steal from you all the time. See, listen, none of the heroes of faith that we read about in God's word had it all together. In fact, when you look at the list in Hebrews chapter 11, they were murderers, adulterers, cheaters, doubters, and people who were afraid. And yet God used them, not because of their good behavior, but actually in spite of their bad behavior. So Richie, are you saying bad behavior doesn't matter? No, bad behavior matters. Let me say that again. Bad behavior matters because my bad behavior creates a lot of hell in my life it'll create a lot of hell in the lives of other people around you it the bible that's why the bible says that the the pleasures of sin are fun for a season but man they bring a lot of bitterness in with them so we want to live we want to live a righteous life we want to we want to live according to the word of god why so god will love us no he already loves us why so god will bless us no he's already blessed us but so that we can walk in the love so that we can walk in the blessing that god has already provided for us yeah. see when we really begin to believe that god loves us if he says don't do something we don't want to do it because we know he's god we're not and he loves us so i want to follow god's plan not my own plan when he says, don't do this, I don't want to do it because God is God, I'm not, and I want to follow his plan. Is this beginning to make sense? Man, I watch the church and we're sometimes in chaos, living in hell, not living in the abundant life, and it's simply because we have received the righteousness of God, but we're not walking out the righteousness of God. We're not walking in what God has done for us. And listen, if you're here and the devil's trying to bring condemnation into your life right now because I'm saying this, don't listen to him. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But begin to change some of the, your behavior. Begin to say, that's not who I am. I, I don't need to do that. And I don't care how many times I'm going to end up doing it. I'm going to keep recognizing this is not who I am. And I'm going to focus upon the goodness of God. And when I do that, those things that entangled me begin to fall off of me. God used them in spite of their bad behavior. That's why it's so encouraging us again, 2 Corinthians 4. And since we, every one of us, have that same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe, therefore we speak. It means that every promise that I find in God's word, I make a choice to believe in the promise and then I speak it. I don't get it, don't understand it yet, but I choose to believe it, and therefore I speak it. And since I believe in the goodness and the promises of God, I'm going to declare the goodness and the promises of God over my life. I declare it over my life when doubt comes in. I declare it over my life when I'm starting to, trying to believe that it might not ever happen. 
I'm believing it over my life until what is happening on the inside of me becomes more real than the circumstances and the situation that are happening around me. I declare it over my life until it becomes real in my life. That's what it means to have faith in God or to have the faith of God. That my hope is resting confidently and securely in who God is and who I am in Christ Jesus, period. It's not my performance. There is no plan B. There is no plan B because, see, we get plan B with people in our lives. God, I'm asking you to help my wife understand some things. You're not going to? Okay, I'm going to move in and I'm going to help her understand some things. How many of you know that goes over real well? You just trust God with them. Listen, it doesn't mean that you don't have conversations about problems. In fact, that's a very healthy thing to do. To talk to them and say, look, we're not on the same page about this. I'm, this is how I feel when this happens. And I'm sorry that I said that to you. But we believe and therefore we speak. We're resting in the confidence of God. And if you'll continue to believe in Jesus and continue to speak his promises over your life, listen, listen to this. You're going to break through every barrier this year. You're going to overcome every obstacle, every mountain that the devil has put in your, lay, in your way. And this year, 2017, is going to be a breakthrough year for you because you're learning how to live the life of faith. Don't let the devil steal it from you. Don't let the devil believe it and receive it. Will you believe it and receive it today? I said, will you believe it and receive it today? One more time. Will you believe it and receive it today? All right, I want to pray over you. If you would, just bow your heads. No one moving around, please, for just a couple of minutes here. I want to pray over you today, and I want to pray for people to learn to activate their faith. Again, we don't want what I'm talking about today to just be some theory, just some esoterical thing that's out there that we can't really wrap our mind around. We want it to be activated in our life. And so what I want to pray over you right now is that you're going to make a choice to say, I believe. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.